Hello everyone, this is Yulia Stratem. Today I'm hosting Jauko van Ahelen. Jauko is an occupational psychologist and the chief solutions officer for Cubix, one of the most prestigious talent assessment companies globally. On this Skills from Mars episode, we discuss about career change, self-transformation and the importance of knowing yourself. We dive into the skills relevant for the future of work, what predicts performance, which assessments are valid and reliable in our quest to uncover the human potential, and how we can use this knowledge for development. This is a must-listen for all HR professionals who are looking to better understand how to decipher people. If you do find these types of conversations useful, you can support the podcast by subscribing to it. To access the video podcast and subscribe for free to my YouTube channel, go to youtube.com, type in Skills for Mars, and hit the subscribe button. Alternatively, you can go to my website, yuleistrata.com forward slash Skills for Mars, and click the YouTube Confirm Your Subscription button. And now I give you Jauko van Ahelen. two, one, and there we we go. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Skills for Mars podcast. This is a new episode, and I have here with me today Jauko von Ahelen, who is the Chief Solution Officer from uh, Cubix. Jauko, welcome to the Skills for Mars podcast. Thank you. Really happy to be here. Funny experience to be here with you. Uh, (laughs) Really looking forward to it, actually. I'm looking forward to it as well because uh, you work in assessment. So you work with people, you work with skills, you you know people in more details than a lot of the folks out there do. Yeah, I should at least. Yes, exactly. Oh, I should know how to measure them. (laughs) Yes. So you have access to data on people that uh, that and measurements that uh, others don't usually do. So. I think it's going to be a very fun discussion. So welcome and welcome. Thanks for coming to the studio and yeah. taking the time to come here in a yeah, work day. Thank you. Jaco, before I start with questions, as you know, I have a lot and I've sent you a lot by uh, email. Would you be okay to tell everyone a bit about yourself, who you are, what you do at Cubix as a chief solutions officer, what that means? So a bit yeah, of an introduction. I'm happy to do so. Um, so I'm Jauko van Achelen. I mentioned it already. 46. I'm a psychologist by education uh, and a business administration. So I'm, I think throughout my career, I've been in between people and companies. So to find out what does it take to be successful in a company? What does it take to be successful in your working life to, to get the most out of your potential? Uh, within Cubix, I am focusing on solutions. And solutions for us is making sure that we address, it sounds a little bit fluffy, but it's really true, that we address the client challenges as much as possible. So mm-hmm. we do not sell a single assessment. We do not do a one-off, but we try to have end-to-end propositions on how to help them. Examples could be, let's focus on pre-hire. So mm-hmm. you have a high volume of candidates. You want to focus your energy and your time as much as possible on the good ones or the ones with a good fit. So upfront, you try to shift or pre-select some part of the candidates to make sure that you can have your, um, um, your dedicate time to the people who really have a good match with your company, but also be, to be fair to candidates. If there's not a match, it doesn't make sense to put energy in it. Uh, so Cubix, at Cubix, we empower people to achieve their potential. And we do that via assessments. Assessments was giving insights, giving insights in your own qualities, in your own talents. And I try to combine our R&D efforts with what our clients want. Mm-hmm. So solutions is, let's say, bridging R&D with the market, with clients. We do that internationally. So in at the moment in 14 countries. Mm-hmm. And we do more or less 2 million assessments 
um, each each year. Wow. Um, so that's and there are a lot of data points behind it. So that that's really cool stuff. Yes. You were doing at some point data analytics as well. Is it still part of your job or? It's part of my job, as in we it's we we moved analytics to our R and D department. Mm -hmm. I did it. Uh, I did the fun part, so let's say the startup part within okay. Cubics to do everything under the radar and to do more, a bit more experimental stuff. Uh, it's now a normal part of our portfolio. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we do a lot of analytics, and for us, analytics could be dashboarding, which is quite simple, as in getting more insights out of the data that you have. But it could also mean how can we gather more information on what makes people successful to improve the predictions of our assessments. Mm -hmm. How can we work more closely with clients on, hey, if you hire someone, is he or she still in service after three months? Is he or she happy? Does he or she do a good job? And then to build some sort of feedback loops in there. Does that give you some sort of it's, idea? It's perfect. You, perfect. Yeah, I do know Cubics for uh, quite some time, I think. Uh, I think it was seven years ago that I got trained, but in your UK office. And then for about two or three years, I used the uh, Puppy. Yeah, Puppy question is, most people know Puppy a little mm -hmm. bit better than mm -hmm. even Cubics. Mm -hmm. It's one of the world's most famous personality right. questions. It, yes. uh, it was a really fun one because it was really related to work. Yeah, it's a work-related personality question, yeah. And then it was easy not only for us as HR, but for hiring managers to to actually assess people and yeah. to have an extra point of view. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's, that's one of the key yeah. strengths of Puppy. I think it's quite... Uh, you don't have to be. You don't have to be a full expert uh, to understand it and to work with it. It's yes. really nice to describe. I, I yeah. agree. Yauko, as I said before, you have access to a lot of data, so it's quite interesting to talk to you about the skills for now and skills for the future, right? And then definitely the world has shifted. Mm -hmm. So just to start with, what do you see right now in terms of what the companies are needing? in their, uh, for their jobs, for, for their vacancies, or uh, just what are they promoting inside the companies? Yeah. What are the skills that are relevant now? And then of course, I'll ask for about the future, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the skills are ready for now and the future. It is a sort of a changing thing. So it's not mm -hmm. that you can say, this is it now, this is, it will be it in 10 okay. years. I think we all agree that it's, that, that the world is changing faster and faster. Mm -hmm. um, so the skills that you need right now will be different than the skills you need in 10 years but also the skills that you will need in 10 years will be different than in 20 years. I think the most differentiating thing that people can have at the moment is the ability to learn new skills. Mm -hmm. Or some people call it learning agility, some people call it differently, um, but in essence, it's being able to quickly learn, adjust, and adapt. Mm -hmm. It's like Darwin almost, but then in a sort of a micro, really quickly. Um, so I think that's the most important okay. thing. And what you see, I think, more, we recently did a, uh, research of all the 360s that we that our clients are using so to find out do the competencies that they use change so not per se how high are people rated but what kind of competencies do they select in their frameworks um, um, now compared to i don't know five years ten mm -hmm. years ago i don't know them all by heart mm -hmm. i have to be honest but i know, do know that it's not only cubics but in general you see that the things that have to do with teamwork being more collaborative um, are more higher now up the ranks than what you used to have in taking quick decisions, being the forceful leader. It's mm -hmm. now more about collaboration, about teamwork, about cooperation, about embracing differences, inclusiveness. No, I think you yeah, know building the list networks as well. yeah. and, and all of that. Yeah. Okay. Do you think this will change in the future when things stabilize a bit more? Or do you think not so much? Do we do you see any kind of trends? Or if things will stabilize. I yeah. think that the more important question is actually will things ever stabilize again? Uh, we don't know. Um, 
I, I find it really difficult. I mean, what we do, we mm -hmm. try to predict uh, with science. Uh, mm -hmm. And this is like looking at a crystal ball. So I'm less in my comfort zone and looking at this crystal ball. But if you would ask me, I think it will stabilize in the sense that changes that the only constant that's there. Mm -hmm. So the, this adaptability, flexibility is more important. And it's not only uh, about the smartest person in the classroom anymore. Okay. No, exactly. It translates well, but it's also about the person you mentioned it already, who can network, who can who can relate, who can mm -hmm. collaborate, who can understand other people. Uh, that's more and more important. And um, so, the shift a little bit from IQ to what some people would call EQ. Okay. Not undisputed, but let's say it's being empathetic, uh, working together, things like that. Having those people skills. People skills uh, is an important one. And if you would look at it more from a data perspective, mm -hmm. what will also be more central in most companies, it's things that have to do with moral integrity uh, that become more and more important. So we know so much. We can predict so much. Uh, we have all the issues at the moment mm -hmm. already, but integrity is really important. Um, one one question that pops to my mind, and I saw yesterday at TED Talk, and I'm somewhere in between it's always the talk between uh, now now there's a debate between uh, uh intelligence or other hard skills uh and grit right people yeah. who really put in the hard work yeah that that would be more important than anything else do you see that in 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 the data that you're collecting in what companies are requiring it's yeah. work ethics has always been important yeah. but yeah consensusness that's yeah. what we would call it in the yeah. academics then uh yes uh, consensusness is important, mm -hmm. and, but at the same time, if you really look into research, and that's not a not a sexy message to say it like that. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's really predicting strong is normally still intelligence, mm -hmm. uh, but not to, to the sky. So you have to be smart enough, I would say. But you have to be able to to, to just grasp all the information that's coming at you. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to draw the right conclusions, to to relate different things to each other, to combine different sources of information, and grit. Yes, will help you. Grit is then, I think, the the the, the extra level. Mm -hmm. But this is a, a debate. I don't think, to be honest, that there is any scientific research behind grit. But maybe that's, um, I should say it like that because this will be broadcasted. I know. Um, that's why I yeah. didn't find any. No. Uh, and but there is a lot of talk. And if you, I I did a, a search on LinkedIn just out of curiosity and then read it as well, right? Yeah. Just to understand. Hey, is there talk about it? And yeah, definitely there, there is a lot of talk about grit. So everyone, it's a yeah. short word as well. So it, yeah. it catches it's up. Catchy, it's, so it's, it's catchy easy. and it's easy. You have TED Talks, you have articles, you have people, hey, this is not important. Nothing and is important. Grit, and then, of course, it goes the other way, right? Nothing is important. Yeah. It's hard work and grit that's important. Yeah. Just hang on in there and then you'll make it. Yeah, and we all know the examples. And it's mm -hmm. also a bit US style, to be honest. I mean, you can become everything if you work mm -hmm. hard. And if you have the ambition, and I think until a certain level and for certain positions, that will be the truth. Uh, but yeah, sorry, intelligence does help. Uh, it, it does. Ideally, you have the combination. <laughs> it would, be, of course, be perfect. And you understand people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic. So I'm kind of, kind of curious where this uh, research will uh, will lead us. Uh, Yauko, you were just mentioning a bit about prediction, right? And mm -hmm. performance. So how do you do that? Because I feel that there is a bit of not even misunderstanding. We are not looking into that enough. We're not understanding that enough from an HR perspective, mm -hmm. right? As, as people who apply your assessments and yeah. look into them, we don't understand enough what is performance. Yeah. Can we really predict it? Can an assessment, whether it's personality, cognitive ability, yeah. 360s, yeah. assessment centers, right? Who combine yeah. them. 
can we really predict? I think it's sometimes a shock to find out mm -hmm. the, 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 the awareness or the knowledge level amongst practitioners, so people who mm -hmm. hire people, who recruit, who develop people, on what you can predict and what you cannot predict and how you can do a good job. I mean, it's not that there's been so much research on this. So I'm sometimes surprised to see that people do not use this research. We know that some things predict, it, but we also know that if it's the validity of let's say 0.5, mm -hmm. and if it comes higher, then you cannot trust the research anymore. But I'm, I'm curious because in my day-to-day, -day, right, yeah. with people who are doing HR and who are doing talent, yeah. talent acquisition, I rarely hear this word, either prediction or uh, let's see, will this tell us uh, how they will do in the job? Yeah. Not even at, at that level. Yeah. Do you hear it more often than I do? That's a bit shocking. I don't know where you come now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I recognize that as well. Uh, and of course, there has to be this click between mm -hmm. people. Um, but if we now live in a world where... Things like diversity and inclusiveness becomes more and more important. Mm -hmm. um, so finding ways to get rid or get around your own biases, your mm -hmm. own preferences. Uh, what makes more sense than to take a step back and to do it more objectively, to look at it, things a bit more objectively than just your own first impression. And we all know the people, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more than sure that I'm guilty as well, that if you come into a room and you see someone, okay, he or she's fit for the job, or I like him or I don't like him or her. Help me beat the same drum then. And uh, let's have a discussion on what is performance and mm -hmm. what is what it means to be able to predict performance. How can you do that? Yeah. How can you do that when you look at so many things, so yeah. many aspects of a human being, right? What do you do exactly? Yeah. What kind of data do you collect? How do you look at it? And how do you put it together to be able to predict performance? Yeah, I think, but I don't know exactly the level of uh, what mm -hmm. we're going to discuss it, but what you normally would mm -hmm. do, and I try to make things very simple, mm -hmm. is uh, first you step back and think about, okay, what is being effective in a specific job or mm -hmm. a specific role? You can do that by asking experts, uh, experts in daily life, like for instance, managers of these people mm -hmm. or clients of these people mm -hmm. or colleagues of these people. So what does Julia need to do to be really successful in making a podcast? Mm -hmm. What skills does she need? That's what we all know. Or you can look into really specific situations that can make a difference. Mm -hmm. So if I don't know the lights drop out here, if, if the camera drops out, what do you do then? How do you act on the stress, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You can look into academical research. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there's research on what you need to do to be successful in doing podcasts. And you can list out a skill set. Uh, and then you need to think about how to measure that. Mm -hmm. So you can ask people who do it, who, who have experience. You can look at research. What you can also do is by measuring it. Let's say we hire people and we find out uh, and we do that in a certain way. I will explain that more in detail. And then you follow them in time. So you see, hey, is she, doing, is she successful or not? And then you adjust how you hire it. So if she's not successful, you adjust your measuring procedure. And mm -hmm. if she's successful, you do more of that. Hopefully this makes sense. Mm -hmm. But so normally you first start with, okay, this is what you need to do to be successful. And then you build the assessment. Then you build the assessment can be more than questionnaires and tests. It can mm -hmm. also be an interview or something on the CV or, or in a different way. And you try to make sure that you measure it a few times. So not just a one-off, but a few times. Multi-measurement mm -hmm. matrices you build then. So knowing what you need to measure, thinking about how you can measure the things you find, mm -hmm. and then following it through to find out, hey, is it really like this? That's basically what every assessment is all about. And I know we have 
more or less scheduled an hour to have this talk. Uh, but in essence, it's about finding out what you want to measure, building it, and then following through and have a feedback loop in it. Mm -hmm. Nothing more, nothing less. It seems very simple, but somehow in companies we fail to do it. Yes. That's my feeling. Yeah. And I, I can hear you. You, yeah. you agree with me. Yeah, yeah, fully agree. Now, I know from my own perspective where I believe we fail. Where do you think we fail? Because we need, I think we need to fix it. Yeah, don't know if we always fail, by the way, but yeah. that's, yeah. It's not always the yeah. case, right? But in, yeah. in, in I, I kind of believe that in uh, the, the percentage yeah. is too high. Yeah, the cost of mismatching are huge. And the cost of mismatches yeah. is, is really yeah. big. So from your perspective, where do you think companies still fail in implementing what seems to be a simple process? Not all companies, but what you do see is that consistency is the challenge mm -hmm. and also consistency and in, in, in agreeing on a certain procedure, measuring it and following through for a few years or mm -hmm. a longer period. Then you can build up expertise and then you mm -hmm. can become better. You can adjust this initial profile that you selected. Mm -hmm. Those kind of things are really important. So I think it's important with more knowledge on um, and I'm not just speaking for my own profession, but with more IOP psychologists involved, actually. So also more hard skills, statistics. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Um, and I do see that there's, within many companies, people are a bit afraid of the candidate experience. I'm not afraid of a candidate experience, but that a thorough assessment would kill candidate experience. Mm -hmm. So it's either or. I think you can combine them, but yeah. the feeling of it is either or. And that, 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 that's just a misunderstanding. I, I feel that there's also uh, data. Uh, if you, uh, People don't understand how to collect data and how accurate data is needed mm -hmm. on the now, right? Historical data and yeah. then moving, moving forward. That's also what I feel that stops us from really developing good assessments. And then again, uh, as you said, consistency, because recruitment teams or even L&D teams, they yeah. keep changing. Yeah. And then For good it's a new sometimes. initiative. Yeah. yeah, it's a new initiative. But then five years later, three years later, no one, no one else is yeah. following through, or they decide to change everything. And yeah, but then, how often do people do that in marketing departments? They don't. They have a marketing campaign. They evaluate. They mm -hmm. find out if sales is going up or not. If it's successful. Within HR, in general, we don't do that many return of investment studies. Mm -hmm. We don't measure that much mm -hmm. in a way, uh, because we are there to take care of people. It sounds a bit, but yeah. We need to take care of that human yeah, of part course. as well, but I, I feel that we can take better care if we understand what's actually yeah. Yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah no, I fully agree. <laughs> you were asking um, that I did data within Cubics as well, people yeah. analytics. One of the phrases that we always used in the beginning when we did people analytics, that we are not there to um, automate the humans, but mm -hmm. the data is actually there to humanize the data. So it helps to make better decisions, better mm -hmm. informed decisions, less bias, more objective. It's the other way around. We were talking about candidate experience, and that's one other subject that I didn't think about, but it's a good subject to discuss um, because I had the same issues when I wanted to implement assessments. Yeah, but mm -hmm. candidates don't want it. Candidates don't want to take 30 minutes to uh, fill out a questionnaire. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Because I know how I feel about it, but I'm curious uh, where you come from with that and how do you... You have different target groups, different audiences. Mm -hmm. I think you have to be aware of that. So if you are assessing or selecting mm -hmm. a new board member, or if you're uh, addressing the retail market to have store managers, mm -hmm. 
retail staff or graduates. It's all different. So I think that's one. So it's I think it's good not to have a one size fits all approach. That's really helpful. So should we not test board members? We should definitely test okay. board members. Don't understand me wrong. <laughs> but they have to have different skills than true. Uh, store managers, yeah. <laughs> but we should also <laughs> misunderstanding sometimes. Yes. Um, so if you talk about candidate experience, I think it's good. It's it's important to uh, not that to don't have a one size fits all approach. Mm -hmm. And what you do see, what research also showing, people want it to be relevant. So people are more than happy to spend time on an assessment. It's a serious thing. It's about a job, but you have to position it well. You have to explain mm -hmm. it well. Um, but yes, they want to spend time with it. If people want to hire me, then it makes sense that they look critically if I'm if I'm a good match, not just for them, but also for me. So that is a shift I think we need to make. And then it's even better for the candidate experience. That an assessment is not just for a company. Mm -hmm. An assessment is also for you as a candidate. Do you see this as an interesting opportunity? Is it something offering to you that you can grow, you mm -hmm. can enjoy, and you can have fun and be successful? But I think we both know there's an issue there as well. And I think one of the things that miss it, that lacks is feedback. Yeah. Because we tell them that, hey, it's part of the recruitment process, if it's recruitment or the development process, mm -hmm. if it's development. But rarely, now and now more and more. Yeah. But I feel that rare, still rarely we go back with true feedback. And if you look at Europe, I feel that we, we take this chance more. We take this yeah. risk going back. Because there's no much suing and uh, yeah, not, it's not much, it's yeah, different. It's for a good reason. Yeah. yeah. But if you take, if you go to the US, they are yeah. very much afraid to give, uh, to provide real feedback. In, I think in recruitment situations, it's also mm -hmm. reality and it is more difficult. Uh, what you mentioned, it's it's more a legal society. And hey, well, I'm not mm -hmm. the expert, so we have to be careful. But, but if the legal consequences are bigger, then you don't do that. I can think that makes sense. How could we help? HR people to give this feedback and still not have legal not and not have legal issues. And what we try to do, um, and okay, and, and no, it's not about mm -hmm. just promoting cubics, but, no, but what no. we try to do, we have a few examples of where we have um, more light touch tests almost in the beginning. Mm -hmm. They are valid, they do predict, mm -hmm. they work more with visuals, and people can do them before they apply for a job and they get on-screen feedback. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you see a match between yourself and a company on a cultural level or on a few different things? Mm -hmm. So you do get this initial feedback on a matching percentage or say, hey, we see that you find it really important to do A, we find it's important to do B. Mm -hmm. Do you want to move on? Then you leave it more up to the candidate in a way, and it's it's okay, you just give. The mirror, this okay. is the results, you don't interpret it. It's more up to the other. So then you, I think it makes more sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would always, um, I am always a big favor of being as open and transparent as possible. So, but that's a challenge yeah. legally something. I can understand that, yeah. I can understand it as well. And I've been in trouble as well, yeah. but I still continue giving feedback because yeah. I believe it's valuable. Yeah. It's a bit like also again with data science. It's like the, 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 the black box and the white box. Mm -hmm. People find it difficult to trust a black box. The easiest example, and I've used it many, many times, is uh, you have these cars who drive autonomous. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've ever driven one or sitting next to one. I'm looking forward to driving one okay. because I'm a very, oh. very bad driver. Okay, okay. <laughs> that, uh, Perfect. And the example is even better. Because I, uh, the example that I always use is that I used to have a boss who's a colleague now, and I love working with him, so it's not, a, not anything bad <laughs> about him. But... Sitting next to him always was a challenge because he didn't drive really well, I think. It felt my stomach and it was quite a horrible experience. 
still when I sat next to him and he was pushing the autonomous button, it even felt more awkward. On average, statistics, nonsense, because I think the autonomous car was a lot safer than when he was driving. But still, I didn't understand it. It was difficult. Um, so people find it difficult to trust algorithms. People find it difficult to trust something that they don't understand. Mm -hmm. so the same with recruitment. If you don't understand why people do not hire you, it's difficult to accept. If you understand it, why they did it, what the reasons are, it's, it's, it's more, it makes more sense. Um, so I think it's only good to be more transparent and to be more open. Do you have any advice that you, or any particular way that you like to give feedback that you'd like to share? Mm -hmm. So people would just say, yeah, this is a good uh, phrase that I would be, I would be willing to use to give feedback uh, and not get into trouble. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not get into trouble uh, in a recruitment setting, I assume. Or even development. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point you need to give people bad news, right? For 360 They're, is easier. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. For 360, yeah. in a sense, it's easy. I think, um, in essence, 360, you collect information from other people on you. Mm -hmm. And you do it in the same way for yourself as other people do mm -hmm. it for you. That's standardized and you can look at the differences. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what I think. This is what other people think. You can score higher, lower. Nothing of all this is true, but it's all opinions. So that's easier than, for instance, you don't recognize the feedback or you say, hey, this is nonsense. Okay, fine, it's nonsense. It's I'm not saying it's right, but mm -hmm. hey, people do say it about you. So maybe there is something valuable in it that you can learn from it. But then you can sort of uh, depersonalize almost. Then you're not part of the process. Mm -hmm. In a recruitment setting, that's more difficult. If you want to facilitate someone in his or her development, it helps if you can take a step back and not be part of the process itself. So 360... Yeah, sorry, Julia. This is just what other people say. Yeah. And maybe if you don't recognize it, check in or ask them or mm -hmm. ask for examples so you can learn from it. And if you want to ignore it, fine as well. But this is what they say. In a recruitment setting, it would be, uh, sorry to be so personal, Julia, we don't see a match between you and the company. Mm -hmm. um, and then you will ask why. And mm -hmm. I can give you all kinds of reasons and you can start discussing them. And then it becomes more difficult. Uh, I can say the assessment shows that you did not score on the right level to be successful mm -hmm. in this job. And research that we did showed that you need to have these scores. This is being open about it. But you can also say, Julia, really sorry, we do not, we're not convinced or we have other mm -hmm. candidates who are better, but we also do see a lot of qualities and some points where we think you can develop yourself. And we want to offer you some development guidance. So we want to give you this feedback. We cannot offer you the job because there are other candidates more suitable, but we can offer you guidance for your career. Things like that. That mm -hmm. is what I would do. And now I feel I feel okay as a candidate, yeah. actually, if I get this kind of feedback because I feel that the company is actually supporting me to develop as well. Hey, here's something for yeah. you. It's not just for us, but here's something for you. Uh, I know we were talking when we when we first met for a for a coffee about uh, transparency, right? And we just started talking about feedback. Uh, and I'm very much pro sharing the knowledge about me if I'm the candidate, mm -hmm. right? Receiving that knowledge about myself, that assessment, whether I like it, I take it in or not, whether I agree with it or not, it is an assessment. I need to understand what mm -hmm. it is and take it for its value, right? Yeah. But I feel that right now, especially considering what's happening in the world with personality assessments, even looking at Cambridge Analytica and everything, mm -hmm. 
There are others who can take decisions on my personality and influence me based on my personality. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know what that is mm -hmm. because I did not have access to it. Mm -hmm. And companies still fear sharing the exact results, right? Again, yeah. because of, of lawsuits and because of misunderstanding yeah. and all of that. Could we somehow contribute to the larger population understanding what personality assessments are or what cognitive ability assessments are so we can build this knowledge and at some point they can have access to their own data and can keep it for mm -hmm. themselves, right? Yeah, and it would be beautiful. I think if you want to ask me about my mm -hmm. vision, ignoring Cubics yeah. for a minute, yeah. uh, maybe Cubics as well, but let's say what will be the future of assessment mm -hmm. um, is that I think we will all have our own data, like you mentioned mm -hmm. it, and you can share it or not. But if you apply for company A, you have to apply for company B again, you can use the same assessment results. Of course, they're validated and they're proven. Yeah. We don't have to give you the horrible experience again of doing these questionnaires if it is horrible already. You have it in, in insurance in insurance business as well in the industry. Mm -hmm. So if you switch insurance companies, uh, healthcare, it goes, you just take out your data and you give your data to the other insurance company. This is in the Netherlands. This is in the Netherlands. It's yeah. not everywhere. Yeah. I know, yeah. but this is my <laughs> yes, sort of but it can happen. I mean, it's a, it it's happens. A, yeah, it can happen. Um, blockchain kicks in. I mm -hmm. think there's also a topic that you find interesting uh, where you can actually do these kind of things. So I'm not saying we will be there right now, mm -hmm. but there will be more of a balance between consumers mm -hmm. or citizens, global citizens, and companies that yeah, need their skills. Do you think you and me, I mean, we are psychologists, there are others out there as well. Do you think we could contribute to this in any way to somehow educate people on, hey, this is what your data means. This mm -hmm. is what this kind of assessment means. I think it's the responsibility of us as professionals, mm -hmm. as IO psychologists and uh, um, HR, but especially also as psychologists, to educate people they work with. It's it's also a responsibility of companies who apply assessments that they uh, take the time, even if it's annoying, to um, sit down with candidates if needed. That you can do it literally, you can mm -hmm. also offer them information, you can do it a lot more efficient, of course, and really spending time on them. But it should be, it is your responsibility. If you do work with assessments, you, it's your responsibility as well that people understand it, people grasp it, that, that they can use it for their benefit. I really believe that. Uh, and I know it's not always happening, but it's the way it should be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I know that for, uh, for sure this is... Actually, when I started Skills for Mars, this was the main idea because I really love assessment. Uh, and I've been trained as well as a psychologist. So I've, I started with uh, 16PF mm -hmm. and uh, CPI yeah. and Ravens and all of that. And then I do want to let people know what's happening. So yeah. together with this podcast, for example, yeah. I plan to release um, an article, right? Yeah. So people can start understanding more and giving them some resources and, hey, this is where you can read about it. Yeah. I know people don't really like to read nowadays. No. I'm faced with this very much on Instagram yeah. and everywhere. If you write anything, yeah. no one, you need a video yeah. or you need Podcast. something. But hopefully, yeah. as you can read assessments, right? Because you have to read them, right? They would read yeah. about what they mean. Hopefully, yeah, but that's somehow also, we can. Uh, that's also a get shift. Them. If you read assessments, yeah. you mentioned um, the way. What I said with data, what Cubics does in general, we provide insights to people. Mm -hmm. Yes, normally you would get a report. But why should it be a report? It, it's it's all about making sure these insights go to you and that you can benefit from it. Mm -hmm. There's 
an individual, as a company. And I don't know, that could be visuals, that could be verbal, that could be in ways that I don't know yet because I think in the framework of a report. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't have, and we don't have a profession that is that innovative in those kind of ways. So think about UX, user experience, yeah. and how to bring across the message that sticks. If you talk about development, not a 360 report with only those graphs, but something that really helps you in using the feedback. And we are far from that there yet, but yeah. I think we're still split on individual types of assessments and areas versus putting them together and seeing how they relate to one another. Mm-hmm. Also an important one. Yeah. So uh, if I'm, uh, I don't know, uh, I'm uh, this type of personality, does it influence my behavior in what kind of way, uh, to what kind of company should I apply? So really making the link to what it means to live out there and what should I develop. Yeah. I don't think there's anything like that right now that puts it all together. No, because there are many different assessments, different assessment vendors. Mm-hmm. It's also our, our intellectual properties or the commercials yeah. involved. Yeah. Uh, and, and even researchers. It's even tons researchers, of, yeah, yes. Tons of research and no one really takes the time to yeah. read it. There, there is a ton of research, but... You have a few global, more or less, frameworks, mm-hmm. like ONET in the US, must be yep. US-driven. Yep. Uh, you don't have a European equivalent. Yeah, you have something, but that's, that's not that sophisticated. I uh, see so you would assume that you would have that, like a big five or a big yep. six. We have these days in academics. Um, but that's a globally accepted framework that says something around job effectiveness. Mm-hmm. That would make our lives a lot easier. Are you using ONET? <laughs> I used to use it when I was in university. I, I still use it now nowadays. Every now and again, for, yeah, but very, very little. A bit like that. ONET is, of course, generic. And what we mm-hmm. often do is um, specific, make it specific for a company, a function, mm-hmm. a job. And then you need to do the research yourself. Uh, but it, it can be a good starting point. It's it, it's a it's a nice database. Yeah. It, it, it goes into very, very yeah. nice details about yeah. a, a certain job. Yeah, and I don't think... Physical, yeah. mental abilities, everything. Yeah, it is US-based, mm-hmm. which is good, but it's, Europe is less, of course, less applicable, but there's many similarities. Uh, but also talk about all the regions. We have mm-hmm. US, we have Europe, of course, but we also do work in the Middle East or in Asia. Mm-hmm. They have also other kind of frameworks. Um, but yeah. Um, Yauko, you men- mentioned uh, just before bias, right? Yeah. Uh, towards the start of the of the discussion. How do you see this? Because and how how do you work around it as a company that works with assessments? Mm-hmm. And how do you explain it? Because I f- I feel that bias is a bit misunderstood. And in what way? In the way that we call bias anything that relates to us having categorizing or looking at patterns. Mm-hmm. Wherever we see a pattern and we realize we see a pattern, if we interpret something based on that pattern or that category, mm-hmm. we always feel, or I, I hear people talking, I am biased towards okay. this. Whereas I, whereas I don't necessarily feel that that's a bias because it doesn't have the negative consequences. Right, so bias is, for you, it's the bias is most so, of the time negative. So, okay, yeah. so yeah. How, where do you come from on bias and how do you make sure that assessments... Are unbiased. Are unbiased. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think, not possible almost, but as, li- as little as possible. Yeah. Um, the way you explained it is more like we look at the world mm-hmm. and then we all, as human beings, we try, we don't have that much time. <laughs> so you have to learn from experience. Yep. And then, so if that's a bias, like, I don't know how, how to say this in English, but I think that's some sort of bias to mm-hmm. easily classify the world quite quickly so you can quickly take decisions. Yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with that um, as long as you are aware of it. Mm-hmm. 
so that you know, okay, I'm using my previous experience to take a decision right now. I didn't fully check it, but I have done this situation so many times that I now know it. I can assume that it's true, but that's always a danger with bias. Uh, I think in assessment, the strength of psychometric psychometric assessment is thorough research, validity. So mm -hmm. assessments, questionnaires, tests that are proven to be valid, that are proven not to be biased because of the training groups that were involved and how much research that were in there. Mm -hmm. I think that's quite that's quite hard. What you see right now is that we have uh, analytics. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of analytics, um, but that's skipping in a way sometimes this this thorough validation research. We have so many competitors who do great jobs, mostly startups and smaller companies. We we hire people in a data-driven way. We don't use those old-fashioned psychometrics. Mm -hmm. we, we even use different kinds of statistics. Um, you also see that it, it's not so easy. We have a lot of... Um, not say horror stories at the moment, but we have a horrible, a lot of horrible stories about uh, companies who apply an algorithm based upon, hey, um, previous data of the people they previously hired, and they now find out that, hey, the people that we now hire are more or less similar to people we hired in the past, and maybe that's not so inclusive, mm -hmm. because on average, we had a lot of, sorry for everybody, hopefully respectful enough, we had a lot of... Uh, um, white males in their 40s who are really successful if that's a success profile yeah then it will not change you mm -hmm. will not become more diverse and inclusive mm -hmm. so knowledge about how do you do a good research how do you do not only a b testing but how do you do statistics how do you do validation research reliability there's a lack of knowledge there and i'm drifting away a bit but bias for me is yeah. that for instance your data your training data you have no clue or no idea about what kind of people were in there. You do not correct mm -hmm. for it. If you want to have a diverse group, then also your training data should be diverse. Uh, practical stuff like that. And that's not always easy. And that's taking a whole lot of time. So I will come back to bias, yeah. but because it is related to validity and reliability yeah. and, and, and building all this yeah. data behind to support the actual assessment. For those who maybe are new to HR, who want to go into HR, candidates who want to would like to trust yeah. the assessment, what is validity, what is reliability, and how important are they? Yeah, and, and I will be checked afterwards if I say it in the right way. <laughs> uh, uh, so validity for me and for the academics normally means that you measure what you intend to measure. So let's say you want to measure or assess if someone is good in planning and organizing, mm -hmm. then the assessment you use should say something around planning and organizing. That's validity. You have different kind of mm -hmm. sorts of validity, but I think that's for this podcast <laughs> hopefully too, too detailed. Uh, and then you have reliability. Mm -hmm. uh, and that mostly has to do with, okay, if I measure it once, then it would be nice if I measure it tomorrow again or the week after again, yep. that it's still the same. So you, sometimes people do this dartboard. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you know that. Or yeah, dartboard, I think, is more that's easiest. That the dart. The, the yeah, darts, yeah, yeah. yeah, the darting, or you can do it in a different way. That, um, and I'm now getting lost <laughs> with the dartboard example. Uh, but let's say that the reliability is that mm -hmm. you throw more or less in the same area every time. And the validity is, hey, I want to be at the 20 every yeah. time. Whatever. I don't think this is the, where, the right yeah. way of explaining it, but measuring what you're supposed to measure and measuring it in a consistent and reliable way. way. So if you're re if I'm redoing the personality test, it will show me the same type of personality traits. Depending on traits. how much time there is in between, yes. Yes. 
got pretty the, much the, yeah, the pretty yeah. much the same yeah time, same with right? cognitive testing um yes yeah that that's what it should measure and what i do prefer is then to approach it not just on a single mm -hmm. questionnaire but that's on your whole recruitment process mm -hmm. so look at your recruitment process and where do we add most validity can okay. we add something to improve it mm -hmm. could be structured interviewing could be situational judgment tests could be different kind of things but the more things because that's one of the only things that really boosts prediction mm -hmm. is adding different measurements how important are validity and reliability when choosing an assessment why i ask it because mm -hmm. i feel not that i don't know it but i feel that this is not a question asked and you are an authority in this field so mm -hmm. i feel like hey let's yeah. just it's funny we did a lot of research because mm -hmm. um yes we do a lot of research and mm -hmm. we want to do it really good so thorough academic scientific is important for us but hey we're also a commercial business so we have mm -hmm. to know what keeps our clients busy and what kind of decisions criteria do they use to buy assessments mm -hmm. it's more or less your question mm -hmm. but you see then in a way uh, if you now read an average tender um, it's assumed that the assessments are valid and predict really well. Mm -hmm. That's sort of a qualifier. And but the, I feel it's pre-assumed. So yeah, yeah, HR, it's pre-assumed. Pre no yeah, one yeah. checks it. You have official bodies for it, mm -hmm. but no one really checks it. This is what I was mentioning before. I think the lack of knowledge in HR yeah. here, here really kicks in. Yeah. So if you don't have an IO psychologist who doesn't know what kind of questions to answer or to ask, then you have an issue. How I feel, where I know it from is because I always ask for the studies and then yeah. every company, every vendor I discuss this with just looks at me like, where do you come from with yeah. this question? So I'm, I'm most yeah. probably the only one who's looking for those studies. Yeah. And then you get the answer, never... many people recognize the outcome. <laughs> That's and then the you just, things. or I get the other one, just yeah. trust it. Yeah. I, we are good. Just yeah. trust it. Yeah. So I get that as well. Yeah. So, um, Sorry, I have to... No, no, no worries. So what should HR look for? If they are looking for validity and reliability in very... If we have to make it simple for them. They have to ask for studies. Ask for studies. Yeah. And what's what's relevant in the data? What's relevant in the data mm -hmm. is, is, is the... the the sample size that has been used. Okay. How Ideally, if it's been published or not. Okay. I don't have the yep. I don't have an okay. answer on how many, but it I should will, be thousands. I will check it. Yeah, it should thousands. be thousands. That, yes. that's, that's, the more, the better, I would almost yeah. say. But it has to be proven. They have to be able to show if each item is reliable. They have to be able to mm -hmm. show the constructs, the, mm -hmm. what they're measuring. There has to be thorough, ideally, even a theory behind it. So mm -hmm. what does the questionnaire want to measure? Why is it relevant? Um, those kind of things and really understand if it matches the job that's the last the yeah, that, yes. that's the initial the development of the question yeah. so you measure the constructs mm -hmm. consensusness altruism mm -hmm. um, um, I don't know uh, dealing with stress dealing yeah. with ambiguity and then the second one is does it measure success in a job mm -hmm. in general specific things like that if the company then comes up with millions of people have done the test they all recognize it mm -hmm. um yeah, then I will move on. I don't know if you know the, but, but this is, uh, I'm not that good today with, with, with calling back the names of the researchers, uh, but you have had this research in psychology where this professor was teaching to his class, mm -hmm. classroom, and he has written on an individual level psychology reports about them. 
because all, they all did a questionnaire up front and he was handing out all the reports and people got some time to read those reports. And then he was asking how many people do recognize their reports? I think, I don't know exactly, but let's say 80% raised their mm -hmm. hands. They all had the same report. So it was not an individualized read, but people always recognize something in astrology, in graphology, in, in, in whatever. They recognize it, but that doesn't mean recognizing something and is not validity. It's not, it's not reliable. It's not valid. It's nonsense. Yes. And then we go back to the discussion that we just had, right? General cognitive ability seems to be the most Single, important yes. predictor of performance. <laughs> what are the others? Conscientiousness, we all know. Um, learning agility is a, there's research on it. And I think agility helps to acquire new skills. So to be able to change. And then there are a few things that have to do with um, the job itself. Mm -hmm. So a few general ones. That's why we call it general um, 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 intellectual capabilities. Um, there's also consensus is always, always involved. Altruism is a bit, mm -hmm. and it really depends per job. Being open for new experiences, um, that can be helpful if you have to do that. So I think I would then go into the job specifics. Does this give you some sort of, like, yeah. or do you yeah. like, want and to go really how, into? Uh, I, I, will ask, I will ask the question, how would you combine assessments so you get, right, general cognitive ability mm -hmm. predicts performance, I think, 0. 0.65. So Something it's not, like it's not yeah. perfect, right? No, but it will not get much higher, <laughs> to be honest. What six, yeah. would you add? So we were talking about 360 assessment centers. Would an assessment center be more relevant, so combining more assessments, mm -hmm. would it be more relevant than just having one? Yeah, would you go for that or yeah. what, how would you, if you would start your own company and yeah, you would yeah, have yeah. to hire the people? I like, think what I would prefer, I would do a sort of, it's a little bit like this, what mm -hmm. I said, these pre-qualifiers. Mm -hmm. So if it's in hiring, so for recruitment, talent acquisition, and I would think about what is predicting best. Mm -hmm. And so I want to pre-select the people that I need to talk to and I want actually to don't speak to the people that don't, if it doesn't make sense. So I would start with cognitive tests mm -hmm. in, in my um, um, options. So, and then move on to do something else. So don't do anything, it's everything at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I would build in huddles. Does it make sense? Yeah, 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 so, like a funnel. Yeah, yeah, like a funnel. Yeah. Uh, especially if it's high volume, but always start with cognitive uh, tests. Uh, and then screen out. Advice. And screen then out. Move. And not focus only on the high scores, but mm -hmm. focus on the people who have most distance of the level you want and exclude them. Uh, that's, that would be my suggestion. And then I would always add in personality. Mm -hmm. uh, personality one, because it's also a good predictor, but also because it's good, it helps really to, to speed up your interview. So I would not shift out or shift in on personality. That's not without discussion, mm -hmm. um, but I would use it to improve the quality of the structured interview you have afterwards. Uh, so those two are the key elements. Then you can move into values. Yeah. So situational judgment test, things around that. Um, personality questionnaires, by the way, can include concepts like, for me now, and uh, learning agility or grid. And I know not everybody will agree with me, especially not vendors who are focusing on those things. But in essence, if you take a look at personality, all the other concepts, for me, are combinations of different sets of personality. But it's also to make the discussion a bit simpler. Yeah. And then it's conscientiousness, which is the most. Yeah, but I think. And for, openness yeah, to experience, yeah, which are for the most. Grid will that yeah. be also the combination, I think, of those things. I'm not an yeah. expert in grid, uh, but yes. 
Yeah, I think they don't didn't really define the construct yet. So it's okay. a bit of a pink, uh, yeah. pinkish word, yeah, uh, and yeah, it's yeah, again yeah. short, and yeah. everyone likes to like. I think it's working it. hard, yeah. dealing with setbacks, listening yeah. to feedback. Uh, I assume it will be those kind of things. What's your view, Yauko, on? Uh, I think this is already a classical debate: uh, experience, hard skills, mm -hmm. knowledge versus soft skills, right? We, I feel that a lot of companies still hire what I call one-on-one, -on -one, like um, uh, a product manager yeah. from a competitive a competitor company, yeah. because they can do the job tomorrow. And then, uh, yeah, personality. Yeah, do they match the team? Yeah, okay, values uh, and so on. Yeah. Let's see how how he handles it. But I'm sure he can go out uh, and understand the products and yeah. he can help uh, sales, right? So it's still going on the hard skills rather yeah. than the soft skills. Yeah. But there's more and more talk towards. Hey, knowledge is important, but you can gain that. You can gain experience, but the soft side yeah. should take should be should be should uh, have more value in the in the future. How yeah. do you feel about it? And then, especially looking because you work with a lot of companies, mm -hmm. how it's a bit yeah, <laughs> it's not the most um, interesting answer for you, but it depends. I would mm -hmm. almost say mm -hmm. uh, so. If you if you're looking for an engineer, that I would prefer that someone has engineering mm -hmm. skills. If you look for a doctor in the hospital, I would prefer that he or she knows his profession. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Although there is interesting, yep. there was an issue a while ago, I think it was in one of the Nordic countries in Europe, where there were lots of public debates on that assessments were part of hiring uh, doctors in a hospital. And somehow, I think the unions or whatever found out that part of this algorithm, they f that actually it was... The, the, the more empathetic, the more you were, so the higher you were in altruism, the lower your score was in the algorithm. So in a way, they were simplifying, prefer to hire unfriendly doctors. Because mm -hmm. they're a little bit more distant, mm -hmm. it's easier than to cut if you're not sympathizing. But, but still, then you have a debate, do you want that? Sorry, I was drifting yeah, off a bit, no, but that, that's no, an interest. No. It, it's, yeah. it is an interesting discussion yeah. because I... Honestly, thinking about yeah. it, I would prefer a, a doctor that has the skill and it's not so necessarily empathetic, right? It's of course not always. So I think it's not always. For some or. patients, it's, it works more if they're empathetic yeah. and they can relate, and then they can they follow the prescription better. Those because, kind of things. Yeah. And I think but it, it is personal. Yeah. So you have hard skills. Mm -hmm. I think you just have to have so prerequisite. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if you don't have your engineering background, education, it doesn't make sense to work for an engineering company. If you don't have finished your IO psychology, mm -hmm. not everywhere, but in big a lot of parts in Cubics, it doesn't make sense to do that work because you just miss the knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's in, there are plenty of industries where it's not just about these hard skills and knowledge, and then it makes a lot more sense to be focusing on soft skills. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also a big differentiator the people who are really successful have these soft skills. The people who can really relate, who can really work together, who really have this drive, they are really successful. But they have to qualify as well. Yeah. On the side, what you did see a while ago is, I think I'm doing this now for 20, 25 years, mm -hmm. assessments. In the beginning, we always needed to focus on what people cannot do. So, no, not good in planning and organizing, not good in customer orientation. Mm -hmm. These days, you focus more on um, what are someone's strengths and how can you utilize those strengths a bit more. So the You're more towards positive psychology positive rather psychology. than... Um, I think that's also an interesting debate. Yeah. Do you focus on those? So And then thinking, okay, then we can, how do you call it, develop the job so it fits you mm -hmm. or nah, just a bit of the same. I think you have to qualify for things. So... 
I'm not a good planner. I was here late today. <laughs> so, and that I'm not a good planner, but I have to mm -hmm. plan good enough. Otherwise I cannot do what I can do. Uh, so if I score below the threshold, it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't make sense to score high on everything. Mm -hmm. I think there was, uh, I think it was a McKinsey research on spiky leadership, one of my favorites. So I was always looking for what's your spike? What's the one thing that really differentiates you from others and finding that and then utilizing that to the max to be really successful, which doesn't mean ignoring the rest. But I think this is really, so it's the combination of those kind of things. On some part, I think it's good to focus on strengths. Yeah. But as you said, we are not good at everything. Yeah. So, and as we change jobs, as yeah. we change careers, then other skills that maybe we don't have become very relevant. Yeah. And that leads me into, into a question that I wanted to ask. How do you feel about, right? You do a lot of assessments uh, mm -hmm. for recruitment and for for learning and development, just general general growth for of the people. How do you see the development that takes place after you've done the assessments, after you've given HR mm -hmm. or the person their results, do you feel that it gets traction? Do you think that, do you feel that, that they do something targeted about it mm -hmm. or how, what's your view? Because yeah. again, you work with how many, 2 million candidates a year? Yeah. Was 2 million it? assessments. 2 million assessments. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I don't do it all myself. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> at least you get yeah, way bigger. We have bigger. a lot of data on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so how do you make sure, actually, this question, uh, that is not a one-off. How do you make mm -hmm. sure that it's sticky, that development really, if we do an assessment mm -hmm. or if the company does an assessment. And, and even before that, it's yeah. actually followed through, right? Yeah. That it's actually understood and they know what kind of actions they yeah. need to take to follow yeah. through. Yeah. So even before doing it consistently. Yeah. I had a... Um, let me think what's a good example. I did a presentation, I don't know, a few a few weeks ago. It was around 360 mm -hmm. feedback. Uh, and it was actually to think about what are the key ingredients of sticky feedback. That's the... Uh, I'm curious. What are the key yeah. ingredients of sticky feedback? Yeah. <laughs> I was. I did a presentation. I'm still curious. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but it was how, do you can, how can you make sure that these assessments, these insights, mm -hmm. what I keep on talking about, that we deliver, uh, are being used. It's often a one-off. Mm -hmm. We all know that. So someone does development center, leadership program, and then you, you move on to the next. Part of this was, it was focused on 360 feedback. Mm -hmm. So we have many clients who, do, who think about, okay, does it need to be high tech or high touch? Mm -hmm. So either technology, everything in your hand to do it on your mobile or 360, it's going to be easy, getting feedback directly, continuous feedback, rating everything, uh, or you need to sit down with someone. Now, I think the combination, of course, makes sense, high tech and high touch, because yeah. it's not always easy to do it for yourself. So we offer 360s to people themselves, so no one has to be involved. Mm -hmm. But still, it helps if you have someone to think, sit down, to digest it, to guide you to development. And the analytics, the source helps as well to combine it. So it helps you to, you do it now, but hey, we measure it again in a year or mm -hmm. half a year, or you measure it yourself. That's less relevant who's doing that. So you keep track on the progress, but you also, analytics help to visualize it, mm -hmm. to do it in a dashboard or on your mobile or whatever. So I think part of the key ingredients, secret ingredients of the sticky feedback from this angle was combine touch with tech analytics mm -hmm. and on top of that i think it's the culture in the organization but it's a totally different topic so how does the organization really facilitate its mm -hmm. people to development have you seen organizations in which actually this sticks and they 
because I feel that people take the feedback, they go home with it, maybe for like they do training yeah. for uh, even half a year, yeah. that would be amazing. But maybe yeah. two weeks, three yeah. weeks, they think about it. Yeah. And then uh, work gets in the way, life gets in the way. Yeah. And this is who I am. Yeah, and that's yeah. true. Yeah, I do see Tough that. luck. Yeah. <laughs> this is who yeah. I am. <laughs> the real successful people, to be honest, do you, do you see that it sticks? Mm -hmm. But it's more individualized. Mm -hmm. So people who really put it on their agenda continuously, this feedback or mm -hmm. this learning for themselves, those are successful. It's almost like a, a extensionist discussion. I think it's someone's individual responsibility. Um, but hey, you I, can facilitate, you can create the right circumstances. Uh, I think that's a responsibility of a company, but then it's up to an individual and you do see that it helps. There's one other thing that I don't buy. We always hear feedback is a gift. We embrace it. Nonsense. It's not a gift. It's of horrible to get feedback. It's not always nice. It can hurt. You don't recognize it. You don't want to hear it. But helping people to digest that, this mm -hmm. is something that you can do as leaders or as HR to help people in digesting this feedback in, in not seeing it as a gift, but as something useful. Mm -hmm. This is where you will play a role. Do you do anything or is there any kind of movement towards helping companies and even individuals build this kind of habits? Like, hey, I've I've received this assessment from whichever company, mm -hmm. right? Personality, cognitive abilities, um, yeah, some are easier to develop than others, competencies. Do you do anything to help them form habits? Good behavior so that it like starts training to stick. and developing. Um, yeah. It's not per se what we at Cubics do a lot. Okay. We do we we do have some people who mm -hmm. are really who coach executives, for instance. Okay. This is where they do it. Um, not less my area. Okay, I mean, so I coaching, have some experience, yeah. for instance. But my focus is really on talent assessment, so mm -hmm. making this mm -hmm. picture and bringing that in a way mm -hmm. that starts development. Um, I think again that the, the biggest role there is leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, leadership is really important, and what you see these days is it's a bit of a maybe not consistent what I'm sharing here is um, continuous learning and self-directed learning. So everything we do in the world today, you can do it yourself. If you need to buy a house, if you want to get an insurance, if you want to get a mortgage, you don't need all those experts anymore. You just go Googling it or you find data to support mm -hmm. it. I think it will also be in this case with assessments. The experts are taken out more and more. So we... Make sure that you can get the insights and also put you then in control of what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know yet if people are able or capable of doing that or if still these leaders and these experts are needed then to facilitate that something happens. I'm not sure. I so think what do you it's, think? Yeah. I think it's going towards that. Yeah. I think professions will change because of this new available yeah. data. But I believe we are still just starting to go on that path. Whether it will take five years or, t or ten years, I'm not sure. I think in some professions it's way quicker, like legal. Yeah. Because you have algorithms who can easily help you identify yeah. stuff, and uh, it's it's you yeah. don't have to go for the simple basic legal issues. You don't have to go to a lawyer anymore. No, no that, right? that's that's not needed. Uh, whereas in our profession, I think that will take a longer time yeah. because we barely know what's happening in our brain. Yeah. We barely understand yeah. how to think about ourselves and how yeah. to develop ourselves. I mean, it's... And what is really cool is that I think our profession is... is you can also see that in research, yeah. really future-proof. 
Um, so IO psychologist yeah. again, or psychology in general, doing something with people, whatever you want to call it, scores really high on the future jobs. Mm -hmm. If you talk about it. which jobs will disappear, which will stay in there, which will you need more. Um, the social, the people skill, the jobs with people skills in there are really high on this list because you cannot automate them yet. 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 Yeah. Because I'm curious what will happen when we have this AI power, like real AI yeah. power to look into the data and we really understand what is personality, what if it's actually encoded in our DNA. Yeah. And then we were just looking at stars until now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah what, it's a different I mean, discussion. It's a different yes, discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and, then, uh, yeah. and then maybe at some point, yeah, you can easily make decisions yeah. on which career is best and so on because yeah. it's a, actually it's uh, stamped on your forehead. Yeah. Maybe more towards the German kind of doing yeah. things, right? Yeah, that but that's ends. also the risky, the, the tricky part is if you would yeah. say okay, we can measure, let's say if, if the, the prediction would hit perfection, that's yeah. what you said. And you know it's from the start, but then still you don't know if it happens because you can... Do interventions. We're all in minority reports. Those, yeah. move, those yeah. kind of things. Science fiction is beautiful. <laughs> it's, it is yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, I still think we will not disappear because we people will have issues in understanding who they are and ex even accepting that, hey, this is a limit mm -hmm. or this is not a limit. I have to move forward. Yeah. And over there, I think we can still make a huge difference, whereas machines will not be able to do that, right? Motivating people, keeping them I on track. I think for now, not, no. Supporting, not. And I, will, I think it will take a long time. I would think that, um, yeah. That's not yet. And AI, you asked me a while ago what advice we have for companies mm -hmm. uh, if they want to look for recruitment tools mm -hmm. and things like that. AI is fantastic, uh, but most of the people, including myself, don't know really what it is, mm -hmm. what it does. Um, and... If you are looking for a really AI-powered recruitment process and the company, your vendor is, is selling that to you, then it would be really critical, especially ask the normal psychometric questions. So have they tested it? What's the training group? Uh, have they validated it? How much track record reliable? do you actually have? No. Um, because you can use it for many things, but if you talk about hiring people, that is really a sensitive topic. It's something else than telling you what kind of jeans you have to wear mm -hmm. or what kind of haircut you need to take. That That's fine if you ask AI to, <laughs> to give you advice on that. Yeah. But hiring people is a really sensitive thing, so we should be careful. And I'm not saying AI cannot do that. I'm not saying it will not be better, mm -hmm. but it's still quite early days. We've done some of these researches, research, but it's really still early days. Um, and uh, the, I read a study, it was a new study, but, uh, there is a company uh, in, into video recorded interviews, yeah. right? And then nowadays they are looking at the gestures, uh, face movements. I will not mention the company, but I know the company, yes. yes. I, I think no, but the top three of yeah. them actually are trying yeah. to move on, has yeah. already moved into this, and then the top yeah. three are trying to move yeah. into, into this. But there's uh, research right now that actually we can't do it, and okay. algorithms cannot do it proper enough. Not yet. Yeah, I it's find not, it, yeah. But I it's see not there yet. on the internet and in the newspapers actually at the moment is that there are a few law cases on this. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not the expert, so I cannot judge, but I know there's a lot of skepticism starts to come at the moment on what AI already can do. Mm -hmm. And the claim was quite big at the moment already for video interviewing, yeah. for instance. Video interviewing, what I do know, um, on video and on facial, you can recognize emotions. Mm -hmm. It's using customs a lot, mm -hmm. but then more on terrorists and those kind of things. I truly believe that, and that's also proven. But measuring personality, and I'm not saying they cannot. Yeah. Again, I'm not the expert, but it feels like 
something that is a lot more difficult and a lot more farther away than recognizing emotions. And emotions don't predict job performance. Yeah, they exactly. predict behavior in that moment in time to do and, something. And maybe or not. that relates in or, or not. Yeah. Uh, the issue that they have right now, from what I understand, is they still validate uh, against the um, humans, right? Yeah. So they, they have the data, right? But someone needs to say, hey, is, is this really anger? Is this really yeah. this? Is, this, is, it, is it really yeah. joy? Is it really excitement, yeah. right? And then you still have humans validating the AI and providing yeah. data. And it's yeah. Yeah. not yet there. And it's, yeah. it's the same with all AI. And so I think yeah. it's really cool. I think it's fantastic research. And it's really promising. Yeah. But step by step. So and I, it sounds like I'm an old guy. I'm not that old. But <laughs> it's, yeah. So yeah. would you... I'm I'm definitely for this, but I'm curious about about you. I would still go for the classical assessments, which have been tested and validated, even if maybe they mm -hmm. don't have this nice feeling of, I don't know, a yeah. VR game yeah. or, or whatever. But a big five is a big five. A 16 PF is a 16 PF. Yeah. A Ravens is a Ravens. It's... Or Poppy. Yeah. Or Poppy, yeah. exactly. I, mean, I think Poppy yeah. is uh, validated against big five, right? Yeah, yes. So it's... Uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, so... Yeah. I think I would also do that. What you yeah. can think about, many of the uh, innovations that we currently see have to do with user interface and how do you mm -hmm. do it. So if you think about gaming, for instance, mm -hmm. if just like a cognitive test, but then brought in a more attractive way, that's what you can call gaming. Yeah. Uh, then it's like a puzzle, but it's still standardized. Mm -hmm. Really gaming, you could say, is not standardized anymore because then the options that you can choose are unlimited and we cannot validate that yet yeah. at the moment. So that's more difficult. You can measure more things. You can measure, we do that as well sometimes, screen behavior, mm -hmm. click, uh, number of clicks. Do you go backwards? Do you, you go, and how... And, and we're trying to explore what this means. Um, and maybe it means something. And I'm now too simplistic. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't. We recently had a research, it was funny, where we could see that logics is our cognitive test. And we checked what kind of browser people use and uh, the mm -hmm. results of this cognitive test. And on average, people that were using Mozilla Firefox seem to be the smartest people. No clue. No but idea that's if that's true. Correlation, or not, it's correlation. not causation. Yeah. But that's important. So it's correlation, not causation. Um, and you can have all kinds of theories behind mm -hmm. it. Uh, I know, for instance, that developers use more Mozilla Firefox. Could be true. Um, so yes. it's interesting to see what happens. You can see that it helps if you do your cognitive test not uh, just after lunch. Monday mornings, mm -hmm. Tuesday mornings are good. There's research that shows that you don't want a job interview on Friday afternoon. Because then the manager often, yeah, the things Everyone like hurries up to go home rather yeah. than listen. Yeah. So those kind of things you start to see more and more. Mm -hmm. And there's and now just as really some small examples of that. Uh, but there's that, that, that gives us more knowledge. And then this, this takes us to data analytics, right? Yeah. Your other preferred yeah. subject. Uh, do you see anything in data behind this? Do you think, do you see anything that you'd say, hey, this is really valuable companies should know this or candidates should know this or it's knowledge that we can already share because it's i think you have two angles but it's mm -hmm. to be a bit tricky yes i was involved in analytics a mm -hmm. lot uh, but more as a, what i would call a translator okay so i work together with really smart people data scientists mm -hmm. data engineers uh, and i translated my role was make sure that normal people i would say quote unquote Perfect. can understand okay. it and apply business challenges towards this data and vice versa but i think two things are really cool about data one of them is that we collect more information 
So, and the more information we have, the better we can predict. With all the risk as well. You, you mentioned it up front already. Uh, all the, everything where it goes wrong is also because there's too much information. Uh, but let's talk about that another yeah. moment. Like GDPR and things. So that's one of it. And then you have... So by doing that, sorry, you can predict better and better certain characteristics. And then you have a way, what I really like about data scientists is, let's say, feedback loops. Mm -hmm. So measuring something to predict hiring, not hiring, and then adjusting this. Mm -hmm. What we often more and more can do is, uh, let's say, big retail organizations who hire a lot of people. And you can say, is someone still in service after three months? Is someone still in service after a year? And then being in service is sort of quality of hire. Not yeah. perfect, but it's one of the it's reasonably okay. Yeah. Um, and then you can move into sales and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, you keep on improving the assessment itself that you do for this specific job, for this specific role. Uh, but it takes time. So mm -hmm. again, the consistency is important. So one of the angles is data helps you to gain more knowledge in general. And that's fantastic. And it helps to fine tune the assessment itself. And if it then will be fully automated, artificial intelligence, that's a bit Is there a length of time that you'd rank, uh, recommend companies to work with an assessment or an assessment company to help them look into the data and fine-tune it? Is it a year? Is it three? Okay. Is it 10? Um, no, but the difficulty is people underestimate that. Mm -hmm. but again, that's the yeah. data science approach, for instance, and the, the, the old, a little bit mm -hmm. old-school psychometrics. If you, if you, let's say you implement an assessment procedure, mm -hmm. day one, then you hire someone, then someone needs to be onboarded, someone needs to be trained, and then you're at least a year or further to really find out if someone has done a good job. And of course, you will have managers and recruiters mm -hmm. who say, I know after three months if it's a good hire or not. On average, it takes mm -hmm. a bit longer to really measure that. Um, so I would say you need at least a year until two years, depending on the job, to really fine-tune everything mm -hmm. and you can get quick results because you have a knowledge base we've done millions of assessments in specific jobs in specific industries oil and gas for instance so we have a lot of knowledge mm -hmm. that gives you a kickstart and there are also many interesting discussion that you sometimes have is there something generic that is predicting everything or do you always need to be job specific so for intelligence we have this g factor yeah some people say for personality you have this as well uh, then if you measure two things uh -huh. that's it um no, Controversy I'm not, I'm as not well. There. Yeah. I'm not yeah, there, yeah, so yeah. That, uh, yeah. but so <laughs> how of, how specific do you then have to be in your job profiling? Mm -hmm. Interesting discussions. I prefer to be as specific as possible, but yeah. Um, I just I, I'm not sure if you've seen the podcast that I did with uh, Jonathan Clark from the Mars Society in, it, yeah. in Australia, yeah. and then talking about how long it takes people to get performance in a job. Right, yeah, they are they, going. In companies usually, which is really f nice, and maybe it's nice as an assessment yeah. and research projects for, for a company that does assessment, because they seem to get that value add of a person in a job extremely quickly. Okay. Their missions are 60, 80 days, okay. three months, yeah. up to six months. Okay. But cool. in, in that time, uh, you go there as a journalist, yeah. but you are a, an assistant mechanic as well, yeah. or, or a microbiologist. And then you just learn it there on the spot yeah you learn how to wear your your uh, mars suit how to do all of this uh yeah evas uh like extravehicular activities like yeah. pretending you're on mars and uh, yeah. gathering geological data and all of that so they learn how to do that plus the stress of being in an isolated 
uh, environment mm-hmm. with a very small number of people, right? And not being able to get yeah. out. So yeah. they, they, they really simulate yeah. Mars. And they seem to get this value add on the job yeah. immediately yeah. versus companies where it takes a very long time. So yeah. I think it's nice as a, I think yeah, it would those be nice as a... The specific, sp- yeah. spectacular jobs I would almost say, but also like in sports. Yeah. It's also fantastic what you can do in sports. Sports also ideally for this kind of research, but then you also predict something that's mm-hmm. quite specific. Mm-hmm. That's the downside, or if it's a downside, um, you predict if someone can fly to Mars, mm-hmm. <laughs> or you predict if someone can be, I don't know, uh, score in the Champions League final. Um, that's a really specific skills of quite mm-hmm. extraordinary people as well. Uh, it's, if you go more looking to the average job, the mm-hmm. average person, it's more difficult but i do yeah for research it's beautiful i think that would be that would yeah. be that would be nice so yeah. um yeah yeah, yeah. Connection yeah. With the Mars up, society please. exactly yes, i would, would i would fantastic. talk to john and see yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. see if he's uh into this yeah. uh, kind of assessments yeah. that would we be nice i really enjoyed by the way in general mm-hmm. to to be on the um so a, little, a little bit of the gray area of the academics mm-hmm. and the applied uh, so the normal business i would mm-hmm. say what i often try to do is ask people how often they actually read academic journals in the audience, if I do speeches or pitches, um, it's very few. Okay. And the reasoning behind that is because it's boring. Um, and I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't always love it. I, I love the knowledge that's in there. I enjoy really, because there are lots of valuable knowledge, but it's not actionable. So there are conclusions and there, okay, what else, what, what do I need to do with it? What I also loved about data science is data science is more focused on actionable stuff. Mm-hmm. So you research something and, but it needs to result in something. You need to create enthusiasm about the outcome and academics do not excel in that part. No, that's why they need translators. Yeah. Yeah. That's- yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, we need translators for that. Let's call it. We, like we need yeah. translators yeah. for that. Whether yeah, it's not yeah. a language translator, yeah. but we need someone to actually make yeah. it. Hey, this is what it means in the yeah. business world. This is how you should actually. Also, it. one of the future yeah. jobs that still it's also not no new. He's still high on all those lists. Translators. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Where is data analyst? It's also high, but you could argue that data analyst is also something that could be automated. I think, but for now it's for high. now. For now, I feel it's. <laughs> I think the next feel, five, yes. ten years, it will be really yes. high. Because that's uh, yeah. the, they they feed the data into all yeah. of these algorithms yeah. and help them yeah. work and put them yeah. or ask the right questions. Yeah. But even agnostic towards this, the field yeah. of expertise and data scientists, all also really get only data science projects only get value if they are combined with with, with with subject matter experts. Yeah. So let's say you, a data scientist, then the magic happens, and if it's just a data scientist, it, uh, no, it does. It, not much happens. Only no, numbers. No, and, definitely. Yeah. They need to know how to ask the right questions and then interpret that uh, those yeah. uh, those uh, numbers. Yeah. Yauko, uh, any suggestions? Anything that you would tell HR? You would let HR know or candidates related to assessments? Something that you feel like, hey, this is really key. And I think for me, it helps that there's not always, but you mentioned that mm-hmm. not many people really embrace HR people really embrace assessments. Um, I think it's time to do that and many people do. So let's not exaggerate, but candidates on general don't mind doing an assessment if it's relevant for the job. Mm-hmm. They don't mind if they get something in return. So if they get feedback in return, perfect. If they get, I don't know, there's also these examples of retail companies that hired people and also did not hire people, of course, but still they gave them a check to buy something yeah. in a retail store. Beautiful. It, that's a really simplistic example. But again, don't be afraid to assess people, but do it in an attractive way and keep it short. 
we know by research that 20 minutes, and it's diminishing a bit, is the max. But we also know by research that everybody's talking about gamified assessments, but we know, but again, by research that many candidates don't like that because it's about a serious thing. It's a job. I don't want to do a puzzle or I don't want to be a waiter on the screen. And it doesn't have face validity. It, it doesn't, doesn't feel it doesn't, like... It doesn't feel like it's serious about yeah. my job. And I'm sure it can measure, but it doesn't feel like I'm treated seriously. And for some other jobs, then it's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But so choose for different audiences. I think that's important to choose. Be realistic about your target audience. Don't be afraid to assess. Keep it short, make it transparent and share the results. Those, I think, are my key. Your key takeaways yes. after 25 years of working in assessments. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much, Jauko. Did I forget to ask anything about assessments? Was there, was, was there did some... Did you do ever one? Did you do assessments yourself? Oh, a lot yeah. of them. I yeah. love I love yeah. taking assessments. Yeah. And I actually have a new one on my desk on intelligence. I told okay. you I had a podcast with Dr. Christoph Kovac. Yeah, you mentioned it. So uh, he sent me a new assessment. Okay. Um, it's a take on Raven, from yeah, what okay. I understand. I still need to take it because I need yeah. 40 minutes yeah. free of long, stress. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's it's yeah. as long as the Ravens yeah. would be. Yeah. And then uh, it's also with the matrices. Yeah. So you need to be able to pay attention yeah. to all of that. So I'll uh, I'll do that. Yeah. Oh, I love taking assessments. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with I, that. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. I love taking that. Yeah. Just uh, finding out a bit more. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah. And then that's how you understand validity, reliability as well. So if I would tell something to HR is because I have a lot of friends in HR who are afraid to take assessments yeah. on themselves, afraid to see what, yeah. what's in there. Just yeah. take them. You don't have to show them to anyone. Find out more about yourself. Yeah. Take more of them so you can really yeah. assess validity, reliability, yeah. and see, hey, is it really a trait that I have? Is it just in this assessment? Yeah. How does do they uh, measure this or how do the yeah. others measure this? And then you'll understand how to apply it on your candidates. Yeah. Or your employees even better. That's an important one. And I didn't mention it, but it's good that you mentioned it. If you um, experience it yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do do it to your candidates and applicants, you have to at least have, have had the experience yourself. Yeah. That's really relevant. Yeah. I agree. And sometimes I, I ask Flavio to take them as well. <laughs> just as a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. just to see, hey, how do you yeah. feel about this? As yeah. if you were a candidate, would it would it be nice nice for yeah. you or not? The, especially the game but the yeah. game based ones. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> thanks. Yako, thank you very much for today. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Thanks for your time and thanks for the very, very nice discussion. Good. It was lovely to have you here. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.